Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit today. But, you know, we all need friends. Every one of us needs friends. And the Bible has a, 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 a book in the Bible. It's called Proverbs. And it was written by the wisest man who ever lived. And his name was Solomon. And Solomon, in case you're wondering, okay, if you've heard the story of David and Goliath, well, David, the little boy David who beat Goliath, grew up and he became king of Israel. And he had a son, and his son was named Solomon. And so God used Solomon to write the book of Proverbs. And he, again, he's the wisest man who ever lived. So we're calling this series Wiser. And so today he talks a lot about relationships in, uh, in the book of Proverbs. Matter of fact, I've challenged you, our church, to read that uh, every, you know, read a chapter every day. And so it's like today is uh, the 29th of October, so we said you should be on chapter 29. But if you haven't done that, you can go back and start at the beginning. It takes you about three minutes to read a chapter of the by, of uh, Proverbs. So it's real simple to do, but it'll make you wiser. And so today, as we talk about this, it has a lot to say about relationships. And everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs a friend. The Bible says that God created Adam and Eve. He gave them this perfect environment. He created Adam, gave them this perfect environment. But he said it's not good for man to be alone. So he created Eve. Because we need friends in our lives. And I want to tell you that. Matter of fact, uh, scientists have picked on this. And so now I want to introduce you to a, a, the car of the future that Honda's actually already built. This car that you see right now is not what we would call a smart car, which I call those little cars dumb cars. <laughs> I don't know why you would drive something that little on the interstate. But anyways, uh, but in, the smart car, uh, or this is not a smart car. This is an emoji car. This car is designed to be able to read your emotions and to tell, you know, what's going on in, with you in this car. Matter of fact, Honda's created this. Now, well, here's what's neat about it. You get in this car, and as soon as you get in, it begins to read your facial expressions. And so it can tell if you're having a bad day. It can tell, and it will actually put on soft music. No kidding. I mean, like, it's called the uh, Nuvi car. Uh, Honda just uh, showcased this. Also, it will show you that, you know, if you're experiencing rage, it, it can detect that. And so, therefore, it rolls up the windows and locks the doors. I'm in. Right? No, it, 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 just, it will do all of those things. Like, it's, it's called your car that's a friend. That's what they're calling it, the car that's a friend, because it can read your emotions. Well, you know, I don't think that we have to go to something artificial like that. I think that we actually can have real relationships, and that's what God wants us to have. And so today we want to talk about cultivating my friendships, okay? Cultivating my friendships. Now, as we dive into this, there's three things that I want to share with you in order to be a great friend. Now, why would you want to, why, why would I, you want to be a great friend? Here's why. Because you will draw to you the kind of friend that you are. You will have, the type of friend that you are is the type of friends that you will draw into your life. 
So if you want better friends, you got to take up your, what you do. And that you get better, then they'll get better. And so today we want to raise the bar just a little bit. All right? So let me go ahead and, and kick this off. Look at what Proverbs uh, 27 and 19 says this. It says, A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of what? Friends. The kind of friends that he what? Chooses, right? Why don't you circle that word chooses? Now, let me just say this to you. You didn't have a choice about your family. You, you got, I mean, we didn't have a choice, right? I mean, because, you know, my kids might would have picked a different dad. <laughs> I don't know. You know, sometimes I'm sure they would. Because uh, sometimes I'd want to trade them, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, uh, so we don't have a, we can't, you know, our, when it comes to our friends uh, or with our family, we don't have a choice. But with your friends, you have a choice. And what we say here at SEC, that's so important. That choice is so important because your friends will dictate a lot in your life. We say this, your connections will determine your direction. And so it's important, the people that are around you. And so let me give you the first thing that I would share with you uh, on helping us be, cultivate better relationships. And here they are. The first one is, number one, is be considerate. Be considerate. I'll let you write that down, and then we're going to look at this verse. Proverbs 17 and verse number 9, it's on your outline, and it's also on the screen. Look what it says with me. Let's, would you read out loud with me the first three words of this verse? Let's read them out loud. You ready? Come on. Love forgets. Come on, you can do a little better now. Let's try it again. You ready? Come on. Love forgets mistakes. Love forgets mistakes. Okay. Now listen, if you get that right there, that's going to help you out. But look what he goes on to say about this. He said, okay, love forgets mistakes, but look at the next part. What's that next word? What is it? Nagging. That's right, nagging. We don't know anybody like that, all right? Nagging about them parts the best of friends. That's right. So he said, love, love forgets mistakes, but nagging about them parts us, okay? So what I want to tell you from the rest of our time together is that everything that I talk about today, it crosses a line in every relationship. What we're talking about today will work with your best friend, it'll work with your coworkers, it'll work with your marriage, it'll work with your children, it'll work with your parents, it'll work with everyone, all right? So you definitely want to tune in. And so the reason that's so important, I stopped right there to say this, is because that, you know, it's like the middle schooler who went to the pastor and said, Pastor said, uh, I got this problem. He said, what is it, son? He said, well, my parents, I have a problem with my parents. He said, sit down. He said, well, tell me about it. What's your problem? He said, well, my parents, when they get upset, when they get upset at me, they get all historical. And he's like, no, no, the pastor's like, no, no, son. I think you meant hysterical. He said, no, 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 no. No, they get historical. They bring up everything I've ever done. Here's what I'm going to tell you. That's nagging. Nagging is like having surgery on your arm and, and, and having something taken off your arm and then have the doctor sew it back together and then only to go back the next day and open up that wound again and then sew it back together, open it up, sew it back together. It's never going to heal. What I want to tell you, as long as there's nagging going on, there's no healing. Listen, here's what I want to tell you, is that when you nag, when you, when you keep bringing up the past, it doesn't just hurt the other person, it hurts you too because you cannot forgive because you keep bringing it up. Now, here, here's something coming up on the screen. I want you to re read this first part with me. You ready? Come on, let's read it together. 
Nagging equals repeating the bad stuff. Let's say that again. You ready? Come on. Nagging equals repeating the, the bad stuff. When someone's nagging, they're, they're repeating, telling you what, how bad you've done. But look, look at the next statement with me. Come on, let's read it. You ready? Come on. Bragging equals repeating the... So here's the deal. What do you want people to repeat? What do you want to repeat? What do you want your parents to repeat? You know, what do you want your children to repeat? That's the question you got to ask. What do we want to repeat? And whatever you want to repeat, that's what you do. So you make the decision what people are going to repeat. They're going to either repeat the bad stuff or the good stuff. And then you're going to determine. It's like you have the steering wheel. Your words are like the steering wheel in their life. You either guide them into the good or to the bad. Either by bragging or nagging. You choose. It's your choice. So if you have some, you know, it's amazing to me how that people talk with me sometimes they say well you know my husband my wife my children my parents whatever they can never do this and they're always nagging them about that and they think that somehow that nagging is going to correct their behavior nagging has never won nagging has never provoked anybody to do good it doesn't make them better so think about that real friends do not kick you when you're down amen somebody they don't kick you when you're down and here's what I'm telling you. Do you know how you've arrived to be a mature friend? Do you know how you've arrived there? The way that you know that you've arrived to be a good friend and a mature friend, a great friend, is that when, when people that are your friend, when they have successes, and you can celebrate with their successes, mature people celebrate with friends' successes. Watch this. We're good with everybody until they get better than us, right? Come on, somebody. I mean, I, I, hey, I feel great about, you know, my friends until they get better than us. Other pastors that, are, that I'm friends with, you know what? I'm great until their church starts going a lot larger than mine. I'm like, hey, no, man, what's wrong with you? We can't talk. You tell, and on your job, right? And, and when your kids are in sports and stuff, right? You're good with these people until their kids start doing a lot better than your kid. Oh, I got a bunch of angels sitting out here right now, right? Okay. No, you don't ever have those problems. Well, I don't tell you, I've had them. Still struggle. And so we have to, so we have to, okay, mature means that I can celebrate with other people's successes. And that's what we want to do. Now, let me just say this to you. I am the, I've been the pastor of this church for 22 years. We've been in four locations. We're about to expand again. Here's what I want you to know. The reason I'm still here is because people in this church have learned this. They learned how to encourage me. I am here because of you. Many of you sitting in this room, I am here because, of, because through the years, I've went through some difficult times, and you know what? You have been there to say, you can make it, it's going to be all right. In the bad times, you've encouraged me on. In the good times, you've encouraged me on. I am here because of you. And let me just tell you something. I have stood up here many times, and I have bombed out. Man, I hope you don't feel that way today, but anyways. I've bombed out. And you, nobody bats a thousand. You understand that, right? And there's only like 52 times I get to do this, you know? And so there's been times that I have bombed. I mean, I really bombed out. You know, and, and let me just tell you something. You say, Pastor Jeff, in 22 years, have you ever wanted to quit? Yes. How many Mondays have they been? there been? Every Monday, it's like, oh, no, man, this stinks. But you know why I haven't? Because of you. Many of you sitting in this room, you have made me a better man and a better pastor. 
You know what? I'm a better communicator because of you. You know why? Because in those times that I wasn't doing so good, you come up to me and say, Pastor, I can tell that you put a lot into that sermon. And because of those sermons, you, my family's better. And you know what? You practiced the bragging part and the brag, what you bragged on has made me better. I've gotten better because of you. Now, some of you are new to SEC. Let me just tell you some secrets right here. If you're new to SEC, you've been here a couple times, you're like, okay, what is, what is, what's the secret to this church? What's the best part of this church? Look at me just a second. Here it is. The best part of this church is not the pastor. That's not the best part. I hope that you don't judge it on this. The best part of this church is the people sitting around you. The, pe the people are so great. That's, that's the best part of this church is the people. Shoot, why do you think I've hung around 22 years? <laughs> You're good people, that's right. I don't, listen, I don't think I can find better people. You're it. And that's why I want you, it's important to be encouraged. And I want you to know that, listen, this has been, this is, October has been Clergy Appreciation Month. And I just want you to know, all those notes that you've written out there, I've read every one of them. I thank God for them, the gifts that you've given. I just want to say thank you because you're the best people in the whole world. And, and, I, and listen, I don't know any better people than you. And I just want to say thank you. Matter of fact, why don't you just right now just go ahead and say, yeah, that's talking about you. Give yourself a hand. Come on. Go ahead. That's right. I appreciate you. Now, this is getting real interesting. Go ahead. Would you just look at your neighbor and say, buckle up? Go ahead, tell them right. Buckle up. Here we go. All right, now watch this. Proverbs 19 and 22. If you don't hear anything else I say today, baby, you want to clip this, this passage out and take it home with you. Look what it says. Let's read it out loud together. Here we go. You ready? Kindness makes a person attractive. Oh, yeah. Okay, do I have your attention now? You ready? All right, I don't care where you are in life. You need this right now. A kindness makes a person attractive. Let me tell you, kindness will make you more attractive than that hot outfit. Kindness will make you more attractive than that sharp car. Kindness will make you more attractive, guys, than their six-pack abs. Ladies, kindness will make you more attractive than Mary Kay. Am I, am I, I'm getting home now, all right? You, you, you're tracking with me. It'll make you more attractive. Matter of fact, here's what I'm going to tell you. Watch this. With the physical eye, our physical eye, we, we notice people's looks, right? We notice the physical makeup of people. And let's just say it. Listen, God did some handiwork on some people, right? I mean, there's some people that just look real, real good, right? I mean, like, I married that lady. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. What do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> That's right. You guys can learn a lesson right there. That's right. But what I want to tell you is that God made some people very, very attractive physically. I mean, listen, you ain't blind. You know when somebody's pretty, don't you? I mean, you, you can't recognize that. I'm like, whoa. That's a nice-looking person. You know what I'm saying? You're, okay, I guess you guys don't get it, buddy. I'm not blind. I don't know. You, you may be. But what I want to tell you is this, is that I've seen some pretty ugly people before. You ever seen it? I'm not. They were pretty about 10 minutes, you know, when I met them. I was like, well, that's an attractive person. That's a sharp guy right there. You know, they were like, wow. And then you get around them for about 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden they start talking. And this stinking attitude comes out, right? 
and they're down on everybody else. All of a sudden, that person went from pretty to pretty ugly. I'm like, I'm out of here, Jack. So what I'm telling you is kindness works. Have you ever, have you ever done this? Have you ever noticed two people together like, like I don't know any words to say it, just as flat out say it. Is that you see this person, you go, man, that's a good looking person. And they, they're connected. They're like their girlfriend or boyfriend or their husband or wife is like not so attractive. You know what I'm talking about? You scared, you scared to even nod right now, aren't you? You scared, you ain't saying nothing. You ever, you ever seen that? And you go, and you ask yourself, how? They just don't match. How, how, you know, how did that happen? Well, I'll tell you how. The eye only catches, the eye is a physical attraction, but kindness catches the heart. See what I'm talking about? That's why, you know, like when, my, for those of you that are new here, the lady that was singing that last song is my wife, Rhonda, okay? So you know who she is. Sometimes people see me and they see her together, Rhonda and I together, they see us together and they come at me and say, Jeff, you must be a nice guy. <laughs> you know what I say? Shut up. <laughs> it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. So I'm just saying, kindness attracts the heart. Here, here's something for you, here's something for you. Listen, if you're struggling in a relationship with your parents, with your child, with your spouse, with your coworker, with your neighbor, whoever. If you're struggling in a relationship, why not try this? You ready? You ready for it? Here it is. Why don't you try being nice? What should I, people ask me all the time, what should I do? You know, my parents, my relationship with my parents is bad. My relationship with my children is bad. The first step, the first step, before you spend any money, just try being nice. Now listen, I just saved some of you $1,000 right there. You think about going out and buying somebody something. No, 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 don't. They may want you to buy it later, but right now, be nice. Be nice. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. amen, okay. So the question is, are you considerate? So I have a next step for you. Here it is on this card. Look what it says. It says, I will ask God to help me be a more considerate person. On the back of this card, would you check that box? So we pray over these cards each week, and listen, God knows I need the help, and you do too, amen? So, so just check that box. Okay, number two, number two is be candid. Remember, if you're going to be a great friend, be candid. Now, when I said that, all the type A people, all the overbearing people just got excited, like, oh, yes. I'm going to ask you this question. Do you have anybody that can be straight up with you, that loves you enough to be straight up with you? I thank God for my wife that she can be very honest with me, painfully honest. I thank God for my staff here at the church because they have been so, they're, because they're painfully honest with me, they've saved me all kind of heartaches. And our, our deacons at our church who, who are wonderful, wonderful men, I want to tell you, they've saved me a lot of heartache because they've been honest with me. Do you have anybody that can be honest with you? The Bible says this, the wisest man ever lived. Look what he says in Proverbs 27. He says this, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Now let's read out loud what's underlined. You ready? Come on, let's read it. Wounds from a friend can be, they can be trusted. That's why we have, you know, we have SEC here to help us have those kind of relationships. We have what we call SEC groups. And listen, man, that's where it all starts. And if you're interested, you say, you know what? I'd like to know about that. Just write on the back of this card. Hey, want to know about groups and we'll get you some information to help you out with that. Now, 
I'm about to give you some rules for being candid, okay? When you got to be straightforward, when you got to talk, when you got to have the hard conversation with somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to have the hard conversation with somebody. How do you do it? Before I do that, I want to say this one statement. Are you ready? Here it is. It is not your job to straighten everybody out. Anybody else ever feel like, I really thought when I was younger, it was my job to tell everybody, hey, this is the way it ought to be. I mean, I would embarrass Rhonda to death. We, you know, we would be, uh, we could be anywhere. We could be in Walmart and someone like over there at the bubblegum rack, you know, we're in line and, and I think they're about to cut line. I'm like, hey, 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 line's back there. Oh, I'm just getting a chewing gum. Ron's like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? I, I used to feel like, I used to say it was my job just to make sure everybody knew what was right. She's like, and then in traffic, she's like, you're going to get us killed, man. You're going to get us killed. It's not your job and it's not my job to straighten everybody out. Now, here it is. You might want to write this down, okay? It's not on your outline. Before you can be candid, here it is. There has to be a connection before you can give correction. If there is no connection, you cannot give correction. If you don't have a relationship, then you can forget it. They're not going to listen to you and they're going to get mad. They're going to say, it's none of your business. Connection before correction. Remember that. Now, I'll give you three things, and here they are. Here's the first one. You ready? Would you write this down? Number one is compliment in public, but correct in private. Don't you call nobody out in front of everybody. Don't you embarrass your wife, your children. Don't you embarrass your friend calling them out in front of everybody. No, 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 no. Number two is this, is that you correct when, uh, never give, I'm sorry, correct when uh, people are up and never when they're down. Correct when they're up and never when they're down. Not when they're hurting. You got to give them a little time. And then you can talk about it. Number three is this. Here's a good one. Never give correction until you can take being corrected. Oh, boy. Did you hear that one? Never, 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 never give a correction to you. My grandmother used to say it like this. Jeff, you're going to dish it out. You got to be able to take it. So true. I worked for a guy one time <clears throat> that uh, he was not from uh, this part of the country. He was from another part of the country. And he moved here and uh, I was working with him and he said, Jeff, I just want to tell you about you Southerners. He said, y'all just beat around the bush about everything. You never just come out and say it. I think you ought to just say it, what's going on in your mind. We could just get along a lot better, things would be better. I said, so uh, what you're saying is for me to just come be direct with you straightforward. Yes, sir, that's exactly what I'm saying. So some time had passed, an issue come up, and something that he had done that wasn't, I didn't think was right. So I went in and said, I went in and sat down with him. I said, sir, let me tell you this. I said, here's what happened. I don't think it's right. You did wrong. Almost lost my job. He blew up. He blew, he blew a gasket. I mean, he went off. I was like, you, I can't believe that you asked me to come and tell you this, and you're going off. But what I found out was this, is that he didn't mind people being straight as long as he was the one being straight. And hopefully that's not you. It doesn't work that way. And so on the screen, we have this statement that Pastor Chesney taught us. Look at this. If I always have to be right, will you read the last part with me? You ready? Come on. I will end up alone. If you're always demanding that you've got to have it your way, in the end, you will end up alone. You will end up alone. I can't overstate that. 
is that you'll end up alone. So I have a next step for you on your connection card. Here it is. It says, I will do my best to be, uh, I will do my best not to be defensive when people that love me are correcting me. Now, my friends, everybody needs to check that box right there because you need prayer right there because there's some people that's close to you that need to talk to you, but they feel like they can't. Don't be defensive. Okay, number three, would you write this down? The third thing, I must be committed. If I'm going to be a great friend, then I have to be committed. Now, the Bible says this in Proverbs 18 and 24. Look what he says, okay? Would you read with me out loud the first five words? Would you read this out loud? You ready? Come on, let's read it together. Here we go. One, two, three. Read. Some friends may ruin you. Okay, did you get that message? What he's saying is there's some people in order for you to your life to go up, you've got to let go of some people. There's some, you, some of you in this room, right now, the key to you getting better is that you letting go of some people. You can't get better until you let go of them. So there's some people you've got to let go of. Then he goes on to the positive side, and that's what we want to hang out on, camp out on right here. Look what it says. He says this, but a real friend will be more what? Loyal, more loyal than who? Than a brother. Now, let me just tell you, you know, everybody's not your friend. Everybody says they want to be your friend. is not really not your friend. As a matter of fact, Facebook right now sometimes can be fake book, right? I mean, because, I, hey, listen, I got a friend request from a guy about eight months ago who I know and he knows me. We're not like best buddies. But, you know, I respect this guy. And when he sent me a friend request, I was like, hey, you, you know what? It's pretty cool. This guy wants to be my friend. You know what I'm talking about? You ever got one of those kind of requests? They're like, hey, I didn't know he really thought I existed anymore. But, hey, he wants to be my friend. And so I was excited. I got my little mouse right over there. And I clicked on accept friend. And I was like, boom, I'm going to be friends with this guy. And then I got an auto response right back. So-and-so's friends are full right now. Are you kidding me? It, de it denied my request. You cannot be added to his list. He's full of friends. I was like, well, oh, shoot, what the heck are you doing? Put me on a waiting list? I'm like, are you kidding me? Full of friends. I'm like, are you kidding? But I want you to go back to that verse that we just read right there, and I want you to circle a word. That word is loyal. Would you circle that word loyal? What does it mean to be loyal? And I would tell you the meaning of that word loyal means commitment. Commitment. And again, we're talking about real friends here, okay? We're not talking about the bad friends. We're talking about the real friends. It means commitment. And you know what that means? That means I will never leave you. Commitment means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here through the thick and thin. Commitment means I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to be with you all the way to the end. I'm going to be with you. It means to be loyal. Now, see, that's totally reverse of our culture, right? Then our culture say, hey, if the money runs out, leave. Then our culture say, then our culture say, you know what? It, when the when the feelings are done, when there's not a quiver in your liver anymore, leave. When the sex is over, leave. Everything that culture teaches is temporary, temporary. Don't, don't, you know, don't say, just leave, just leave. When things don't go good, leave. 
but not real friends, not real commitment, not real relationships, is you don't leave. Matter of fact, there, there is, a, in relationships, there is what I call safety in commitment. Rhonda and I was talking about this at the beginning of last week. Do you, do you ever have to talk to somebody, like have a hard conversation with them, and the night before, it just like messed your stomach up? You know what I'm talking about? Like those butterflies in your stomach. You know what I'm talking Like when you got to, when somebody's, you know, you got to go have this conversation, you know, and it's going to be rough, and, and you're scared to death. Do you know what I'm talking about? You get all those butterflies. Some people tell me sometimes, it's like, Jeff, I wish I could just have your courage, and I could talk to people like you. I'm like, listen, do you want my diarrhea? Because you went up with me all night last night when I was, never mind. <laughs> you get the picture. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Rhonda and I, we have differences. We have differences. There's many times that we have to be candid. We have, you know, we have uh, conversations in our home. You, get my, you follow me? Arguments. You get that? We have those times in our home. Here's the deal. But every time that I got to talk to her or she's got to talk to me about something, you know what? Not one time do we ever get the butterflies. Not one time. You know why? Because we made a commitment 30 years ago. We ain't leaving. We ain't leaving. And when you have that commitment in a, in a relationship, it relieves you. You don't have to be nervous about it because you know that, hey, you're not going to like it. You know what? It's going to be rough for a little while, maybe a couple hours, maybe a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. It's going to be rough, but you're going to get through what you're going through when you have commitment. And see, that's what we have to have is commitment if we're going to grow. A couple of weeks, uh, actually months ago, I think it was in February, we had a guest speaker come to our church here. And he was a very good speaker. He's speaking on love. And, and he showed this video. He showed this video of an, of an older guy who was taking care of his wife who had had Alzheimer's. And he showed how he was, you know, feeding her and he would have to, you know, he showed how he put her clothes on. But something really got my attention was, is that she used to like, she liked to ride bikes, but she could no longer function that way. And so what he done, he had a special bicycle made with a seat right over the front tire right there where she would sit up there and it was special made for her. He put a little helmet on her with a little, uh, little crown up on top of that helmet. This is my princess. And he would drive her around, he'd ride her around that bicycle. I'm going to tell you, as a guy, you know, that was, that was pretty moving. But when we got in the car, Rhonda said, Jeff, that video made me cry. I mean, she, Rhonda's not a crier. I mean, she just doesn't cry. You know, I'll probably cry before her. That's right. Y'all may, if something happens to me and I die, you make sure she cries at that funeral. I'm telling you that right now. I don't care what you got to do. You make sure she cries. I ask her this question, why? And she said, Jeff, I know that if that was me, you'd do that for me. Why? Because we made a commitment. And listen, your spouse is the closest friend you'll ever have. 
you make commitments to never leave. And God today, you know what God says to you and me? This is what he says. God says, I want to be your friend. I want to be, I want to be your friend and your friend and your friend and your friend. I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. Matter of fact, he said, so much so, so much so I want to be your friend. Here's what I want to do. I know we're enemies. I know that, you know what? I know that uh, yeah, I don't like what you've done, and I know you're scared to death of me, and so I know we got that going on. I know you're scared, and, and I didn't like what you've done, so here's what I want to do. I'm going to give a peace offering. In other words, to show you that I want to be friends with you, I'm going to give a peace offering, and, and, and I'm going to offer this to you to just show you that I want to be your friend. And that peace offering that God gave all of us, all of us in this room, was that he gave his son to die on a cross in front of everybody, stretched out, humiliated, crowned the thorns, spirit in the side, everything, just to say, I want you to know this is my peace offering to you. And if you receive my offering, if you receive my son, then we we can be friends. Jesus was a peace offering to you and to me that we can be friends with God. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means. That, listen, he said, I'll be committed to you because you're my friend. That's what loyalty means. I'll be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. What does that mean? God said, if you were to take a drill and you were to drill all the way down to the heart of the earth and you decided to go down there and be in the heart of the earth, he said, I'll be there with you. Jesus is uh, God's saying, if you were to get on a rocket ship and blast off into outer space and you were to go to Mars, you could not escape me because I'll be there with you. He said that when you go into the hospital room and you don't know what to do and you're afraid of your life and you're scared to death and you, you go into an operating room and you think I got nobody he said no no I'm there with you I'm with you don't you understand that that's what friends are fact that's what friends are like that's what they're all about it's saying I'm committed with you all the way and God says this listen when you take your last breath on this earth when you're leaving this earth you don't have to be afraid why because I will be there with you I will hold your hand I'll walk you across to the other side it's going to be all right because I am your friend your friend your friend, committed friend, that's what, that's what God is. And some of you today, you have a whole pers different perspective of God. And you th you're still at war. You're still thinking, he's mad at me. He wants to get me. I know he can't. He don't like me. No, he's saying, no, 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 you missed it. You, you missed it. <laughs> you, you missed it. I, I sent the peace offering. I sent my only son. I don't know what else to do. I sent my son, and, and he, he died in your place so that we can be friends, so that I, I won't leave you. I know, I know your husband may have walked out on you. I know your wife may have walked out on you. I know that maybe your, your father, your mother may have walked out on you. Maybe your best friend walked out on you. Maybe your sibling walked out on you. Maybe that employer walked out on you. I don't know who's walked out on you, but I'm telling you today that God says, I will never leave you. I will not walk out on you. Friend. Oh, you don't believe it. He, he wrote it down. He wrote it so we can forget it. Look, at, look what the Bible says right here. Look at Hebrews 13. Look what it says. Would you shout out with me those first three words? Let's shout them out. You ready? Come on. God has. Who said? Who said? 
Look what God said. Look what he said. Let's just read this sentence. You ready? Come on. Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Who said that? God said that, not Jeff. Jeff didn't say that. Jeff did not say, I don't make that promise to you. I do not. But God has said, and because he said this, remember this? Just like Rhonda and I are home, look what he said. So we say with confidence. What do we say? Let's read it. You ready? Come on. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Because he's not leaving, I don't have to have butter. When I talk to God, I don't have to have the butterflies. And my stomach doesn't get tore up when I talk to God, no matter what. No matter what I got to talk to him about. Why? Because he's not leaving. He's my friend. Friends with God. And here's the deal. Some of you in this room are not friends with God. You're not. You just know you're not. You're not. And so how do you become friends with God? You receive his son, Jesus. You say, I received the peace offering. I received Jesus into my life. And I want to follow his ways. As a matter of fact, there's a, there's a prayer in our program right here that we wrote down for you so that you don't have to come to a front. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to raise your hand. It's between you and God. Do you want to become friends with God? If so, I just say, read the prayer. And say, God, me do save me. And then all that we challenge you to do is on the back of this connection card that you would check the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can pray for you this week. I want to ask you two questions, then we're going to sing this song. I'm going to pray for you and we're going to sing. Two questions. The first one is this. Are you ready? Here it is. Are you ready? This is important. Who are you committed to? Who are you committed to? Who are you committed to? The second question, are you ready? It's just as important. The second question that I want to ask you, who knows that you're committed to them? Who knows? Do they know? You say, Pastor Jeff, I'm committed to my children. I'm committed to my spouse. I'm committed to my friends. Do they know? Have you told them lately? And so maybe today, maybe your assignment today is that before you leave here today, maybe you just send them a text and say, I just want you to know I'm committed to you. And in just a moment, when we stand and when we pray in just a moment, maybe you just reach over and grab their hand. And maybe you just give them that little squeeze that says, I'm committed to you. Maybe today is the day. They need to know. Would you stand with me now? Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. You're a good God. And you're a God that loves us and you go with us all the way to the end. And Lord, you're the Savior. You're our friend. You made a way we can be friends. So today, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will touch our lives. And God, today we will ask, Lord, who are we committed to? And God, do they know that we're committed to them? And I pray today, God, that we would walk in that, that our relationships may grow. In Jesus' name I pray. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. 
Have a wonderful day.